Welcome to Long Story Long. I'm your host, Lisa Curry. My guest today is my hilarious and extremely talented friend, Lindsay Adams. She's a comedian and a baker. You've seen her on Adult Swim and HBO Max and all over doing shows. Lindsay, how are you? Hi, I'm good. I'm happy to be here. How are you? Oh, good. I'm good. I'm so glad to have you on finally. I know we keep uh, rescheduling. No, I love um, it. It's great to see you. And this is uh, how we're going to hang out from now on, just uh, via Zoom. <laughs> I love that. Um, you know, sometimes that's just what you got to do. Yeah. Uh, where are you from? I don't think I even know this. I'm from New Jersey. Maybe I did know that. Yeah, I mean. You I, have a vibe. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, a lot of people will be like, uh, oh, that makes sense when I tell them I'm from New Jersey. And I'm like. <laughs> Okay. It I makes mean, sense insofar as like the high school photos you post, which are alarmingly like mine. Except yeah. it seems like you were a bully. Is that I, okay. accurate? It seems like, like I a was a bully. Uh -huh. I look like I was. I think I was uh -huh. manic, but I don't. Yeah. I, I did. I never actively tried to bully anyone. That's not true. I did get mad. <laughs> <laughs> like I, immediately. I know that's mm -hmm. not true. I think I bullied, but I didn't mean to be a bully. Um, sure. It wasn't coming from like a malicious place. It was only coming mm -hmm. from a malicious place when it was to people that pissed me off. And so I guess that is a bully. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. I, I guess define pisses what pisses you off. Is it just existing or? Someone stole from me. There was like an incident in the girls locker room in high school where I had a pack of Newports, 50 bucks and a fake, <laughs> no. a fake Chanel ring in my no, locker. you didn't. I did. And so I would go to Canal Street and get like mm -hmm. the knockoff Chanel stuff. And so mm -hmm. I had that in my locker and I went back after I was in gym and it was gone and I lost my mind and I like locked down the. And you were like, that was a $3 ring. Yeah, I was you? like, well, I also I was waitressing at a diner and like I worked my ass off for that stupid $50. And so I was like, yeah. oh, who yeah, who took my fucking money? $50 and is steep when you're in high school. I know. I like locked down the locker room and was just like, nobody's leaving until I get information. And then <laughs> and then mm -hmm. somebody and the gym teacher let me, which is like, what? Don't let me run this that class. That is hilarious. Are you did you like start a slap fight in the middle of this or was it just I didn't. I was just like, this is unfair. Blah, 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 blah. And then somebody yeah. gave me the information and I was like. <sighs> Great. So I told was the, the girl who took it in the room. She wasn't. So they someone said, I saw so and so in here. Um, she might have done it. And I was like, uh -huh. OK, great. So I told the school and they walked up to her in the lunch line and she took out a wad of cash and the ring what? fell out of her pocket. <gasps> like she was in the lunch line going to pay. Was she trying to deny it? And she took out the money. Um, No, she just like they watched her do that and then they were like that is that Lindsay Adams money and then I guess she got really I was really angry but I was mostly uh -huh. like I was all bark no bite mm -hmm. so like this girl I guess was like terrified then that I was gonna beat her up no and and Poor I was <laughs> I know she was like terrified I was gonna beat her up and I think I shoved her in the hall once 
because she was mean to my mom as a substitute teacher at one point. No one is meaner than teenage girls. Can we just? Yeah. I think like that. Like no one on earth. You know who I think is meaner? I think I think middle school girls are meaner. Because oh, yeah. it's middle coming from worse. such a, mm-hmm. a pure place where they don't even. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so, just rage and hormones and confusion. It's so genuine. When I see teenagers and they're being mean, I'm like, you're shitty, but I know you're in pain. Sure. It's. I, yes. Yeah. Like they're like the Taliban kind of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we understand your life sucks. However, yeah. <laughs> you no. are literally terrorizing people. So fucking mean. Just so. Um, that was like the meanest, I think. I mean, I was a bully to my teachers. wait how (laughs) when I was in eighth grade I was peaking I peaked in eighth grade um this was before I had to go to rehab this was like I had lost a bunch of weight all the girls that hated me all of a sudden were like my bffs I did I secretly Mm -hmm. hate them absolutely did I feel on top of the world because I ate Boca burgers for a summer? Absolutely. And <laughs> lost a bunch of weight. It felt perfect. I was just like, I thought school was just so stupid. And I got off on making people laugh. And it was always at the mm-hmm. teacher's expense. So like, <laughs> I was like that student who like, when the teacher was like being a bitch, she turned her back and I would like stand up and give her the finger and everyone would be like, <laughs> and then she would turn around and be like, what? And I'd be like, I don't know. Um, I called my Spanish teacher a fucking slut. Wait, in Spanish though? Uh, not in Spanish. No, no, I don't. Oh. <laughs> I actually still can't. So speak you're not. Spanish. You weren't even a good student. <laughs> no, I was like a bad student for sure. But I, uh-huh. she wouldn't let me leave class early to go do this thing, and so I left anyway. Mm-hmm. And was like, you're a fucking slut. And <laughs> which doesn't even make sense. <laughs> I know. And then she comes out so furious, and I was such a little shit that I was just like. Um, I was like, I don't know who said that. And she's <laughs> like, was, you said and that. And it was in your distinct yeah. voice. And I go, no, I don't. I actually don't know who said that. I, someone said that. That sucks. That sucks that someone called you a fucking <laughs> slut. I've been called a fucking slut. It sucks. When yeah, I, you're like, that sucks that somebody said that. But it is true. Yeah, it is. Can also, verify. You're literally my next door neighbor. <laughs> You're like, I'm running investigations in locker rooms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, you're the truth is you're a slut. But I didn't. I wasn't the one that yelled it. I like looked my principal in the face because she was so mad. And she was like, she did this. And I was like, I just I just think it's so sad that someone did. Like I was I was just such eighth grade. I was like a full terrorist monster. I pulled my pants down. I had my favorite teacher's what? class and I pulled my pants down because I thought it was funny because um, I wore a bathing suit bottom. Wait, because you you had planned to pull your pants down? No, I wore a bathing suit bottom that day. I walked in. Excuse I was like, me? I was like, Why? guys, I don't have I didn't have any underwear. So I wore a bathing suit bottom and they were like, oh, weird. And I was like, yeah, look, and then pulled my pants down <laughs> in front of the class. <laughs> and You're so much more brave te- than me. My teacher looks at me and she goes, Lindsay, well, now I have to report this. And I don't want to report it, but I have to report it. You just do stuff like this. They're just exhausted. They're not even mad. They're just like, God, 
I'm trying to work. Yeah, I got I'm in trouble for in. Yeah. flashing, like flashing my tits on the bus during a class trip. What? Full I, tits? Broad, broad. It was broad. Okay. But it was like, nobody needs to see eighth grade titties. Like, nobody, no one, not even other eighth graders. No, nobody on the Staten Island Expressway is like, <laughs> fuck yeah, eighth grade titties. Um, and you're like, nobody, here you go. Yeah, exactly. And then I was just so manipulative. There was one girl that I did body slam in gym what? class. Wait, what do you mean? Like, so this like was, WWE body slam? Yes. So no. I, this is like, and this is like, I felt in retrospect, obviously so bad. This is maybe You're one like, of the I more, was called the Punisher. Right. I slapped a girl in rehab because she slapped no. me. But outside of that, this was the most physical I got. Uh-huh. Um, this group of girls that had tortured me all through mm-hmm. like my youth that I now ha- felt like I like had a place in. I was the Punisher for sure. Like I was the one that was like I was the henchman. And so yeah. they were like, this girl gave us a dirty look. And I was like, who? And it was like this little seventh grader. And we were in gym class and we were playing together and she um, we went out onto like the court or whatever Uh and playing soccer. And I just slammed her up against a brick wall. What? And and was she like, what's happening? Yeah. Like because I was like, oh, I'm playing defense. I'm playing defense. (laughs) <laughs> I was, and it's not uh, part of dodgeball no, or whatever is going on. She and she just like fell back, and I I don't know. Maybe she was being dramatic about it, but maybe she wasn't. I mean, it's serious. You shouldn't. That was like I did feel really bad, but I didn't know what to do, and I was such a fucking twisted mental patient that I just I I she laid down, and I go, oh my god, I I'm so sorry that happened. I don't know what happened. Are you okay? And the and she was like at like or she was like grabbing her head. She's like, ow, she was fine, by the way. If you're yeah, listening to okay, this, good. she was fine. Nothing fucking happened to her. She lived a great life. She was rich. Nobody fucking cares. Lindsay told me before the pod she's actually been dead for yeah. since then. No, she actually yeah. this is she actually the story of how she died. Um <laughs> No, she she's fine. She's fine, she's fine, but she I like kneeled down next to her and I was like, oh, my God, I just got so into the game. I'm so sorry. And the gym teacher was like, oh, no. And I was like, let me walk her to the nurse because like I just feel so, so terrible. I can body slam her on the way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so I walked her to the nurse and it was just such a silent walk up the hall where she was just like. And then I took her to the nurse's office and the nurse was also my neighbor, small town. Also a slut. Yeah, also a slut. Also (laughs) a huge slut. And um, she looked at me and she was like, you did this? And I was like, it was an accident. And she was like, I know about you. I know the (laughs) stuff you do. And it's not okay." And I and I go. I honestly feel harassed right now by this. (laughs) Lindsay, no. (laughs) You were like a right-wing bully. It was like horrific. So 
Yeah. I, How I many people did you walk to the nurse's office? That's my question. Literally <laughs> only one. And if it makes anybody that's listening, that's like, oh, this bitch is like fucked up. Fuck her. If, I've been told to kill. I did get told to kill myself multiple times <laughs> after I did have my time of just like pure kill yourself, kill yourself, mm-hmm. kill your, which is like not acceptable. But mm-hmm. just know that like I got things back to me. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it didn't work out. amazing so you go from this psychotic bully did you know then when you were a kid that you wanted to be a comedian or were you just like this is how I get attention um no I mean I it was coping with it was like a trauma coping mechanism because Mm -hmm. I had like I was in therapy part of why I was made fun of was because I was in therapy everyone knew in my town I mean it was a small town so everyone Mm. knew when I was like little that my babysitter abused me Mm. and it was like a thing in a small town and so I was like the weird kid and then I also Uh, got it was like you could have been a school shooter I could I could have pulled back no I had a hero now that we I had the hair reevaluating in, in, in second, I had a haircut. I had you know, a good, like a bowl cut. Yeah, I had a solid bowl cut. I could have done it second grade. <laughs> could have come out shooting, but I didn't. You know, instead I just ate my feelings and then got called fat forever. Um, no, but I was like depressed and I had tried to kill myself at one point. I was talking oh. about this last night. Uh-huh. I, it's so mortifying that I I think it was like more of a cry for help. I was like really depressed. I didn't, you know, I was frustrated. Blah blah blah. But I used a telephone cord. What? Like, and I wrapped it. Did you it not up. know? You just like failed physics yeah, class. No, I did. <laughs> no, it was like such a weak attempt. It's like embarrassing. And what's more embarrassing <laughs> is that if you tell a kid today that I tried to kill myself with a telephone cord, it won't <laughs> be like, what's that? in their brain. <laughs> They'll be like, so wait, like the charger? And it's like, no, yeah, the it's cord. Like, Kids today have had, not to be like kids today, but they've had smartphones since they've had phones. So I, I'm i convinced, I'm like, I don't think they know what the phone function of a, an iPhone is. Yeah. I don't think they know why it's called phone. I know. It's like really, <laughs> it's so, I. it's just like so silly. But like I had, I got made fun of so much that I just like, I, you know, all my defense mechanisms were making people laugh. I also just thought it was like, you know, I liked seeing people. I liked creating laughter and I liked laughing. Mm-hmm. I was like an addict yeah. at such a young age. Like everything in me was just like anything that feels good. I want all of it. Yeah. So <laughs> I didn't know if that I wanted to be a comedian, but I was obsessed with Margaret Cho. Oh, really? Are you still a big fan? I mean, you don't have to say. But wouldn't that be weird if you're like, absolutely not? <laughs> yeah, I know, wouldn't it? Um, yeah, she she just had like a huge impact on my life. I mean, look, here's the thing. I've told her a couple of times uh-huh. before I started comedy. And I honestly think I wore out any sort of interaction that we can have. <laughs> what did you say to her? I mean, I was... I followed her everywhere, first of all. So, like, I left my prom to go see her at the Beacon Theater. That's actually really dope. Yeah. Like, I. That's great. I was like really, I was a huge fan. And so yeah. I went and saw her. It was amazing. When I was in Chicago, she did the Lakeshore Theater before it was the Laugh Factory. And mm-hmm. I went up to her after and I was so excited. And she had been, her book, her initial book had helped me get sober. So like, oh wow, that's awesome. Yeah, like her book, I'm the one that I want, 
like helped me like get a better understanding of myself and be like, oh, fuck, I relate so much to this. And so I went up to her after her show at the Lakeshore Theater and I was like, I just want you to know that you've really inspired me and um, you like your book helped me get sober. And I just think it's so cool what you do. Like, I I, re- I've, I think I said I wanted to be a comedian. And she mm-hmm. was like, yeah, we need more female comics. But she was also so deeply disinterested in what I I don't know what was going on in her life at the time. I, she mm-hmm. might have been drinking. I don't Besides fucking know. Besides being stalked by you. I know, exactly. <laughs> but I like came at her in the lobby. And then after that, I've done shows with her. And I just have been like, I don't. I feel like I wore that out. I don't I don't know if we can have Does a she remember you from the previous interaction? Very unlikely. I just assume like also people like her like and not not in a negative way, but I just assume why would they remember me? You know what I mean? Yeah, well cuz there's like hundreds of they're meeting hundreds of people. Yeah. It's not a personal thing. Like No. I, I know Jim has people come up to him at meet and greets, Jim Jeffries and they're like, "Hey, how you been?" and he's like, "What?" What? Yeah. And they're like, yeah, we met in Michigan in 1996. And he's like, okay. Yeah. Like, even if you have an intimate conversation with someone, I always like go, I like when both me and someone else both don't realize Mm -hmm. if we've met each other before. Yeah. And especially especially after the pandemic and we both go, hey, how have you been? And we're both waiting for the other person to indicate if we know each other or not. (laughs) Yeah. Then we instead I, we just like have small talk and then later on we go, we didn't we never met, have we? <laughs> yeah, I've um I'm really bad at that. And I try I try to remember, but I'm like I I just have no memory for it. I've had people that are like, "You you really helped me when my mom died." And I'm like, "Huh? I didn't know your mom was dead." <laughs> like, I didn't What are you talking about? I mean, it's if you're just, having a positive effect, I always like come into it the I get I get pissy. I know Laura Peak has a joke about this and like how it's annoying when people do this and I take it deeply mm-hmm. personal. Um no, but like if I've met you before and we've ha- and like we've in a setting where you've seen my face in the light and mm-hmm. we've had extended conversation and mm-hmm. you're another comedian or, or something like if you have no facial recognition at all, yeah. I have a huge nose. I look like a witch. My voice is grating. My voice is like absolutely. <laughs> if if you truly if I say hello and you truly in your brain can't place it enough to pretend like you know me, then that is annoying to me. No, see, I don't think you have a grating voice. I think your cadence is valley girlish a little yeah. bit because you drag your yeah. words. Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> but for it's sure. not unpleasant. I mean, I did stop being friends with somebody because their voice was too annoying and I really? couldn't handle it. So, yeah, I'll tell you yeah, I know. who it is. Excuse me. <laughs> I was just like, I can't take this anymore. They also weren't a good friend. Okay, they were yeah. shitty as a friend, but I was like, this is, I already couldn't handle this because of your voice. Yeah. And now you're rude. too many strikes yeah it's too much you can't do that it's too much i hope they don't listen to this (laughs) i mean i'm sure they Um, won't also because like i'm sure they'll be like no she can't be talking about me my voice is incredible could not yeah um 
you so wait after high school did you go to college yeah i went to school what did you study um i thought i wanted to be a pop star i thought i wanted do you to still be... want that we can no. make it happen Lindsay. i mean <laughs> i might have a better chance um i do sing in my car quite a bit um no i i the comedian was like i didn't even think i could be a comedian i don't think it processed mm-hmm. as something that i could like actively do so I but I always sang and did music mm-hmm. stuff and like would sing at all the talent shows and did musical theater and so I was like I wanted to be plucked out of the oblivion and like yeah. told that I was it and yeah. so I barely graduated high school and I got into Columbia College in Chicago because at the time oh, yeah Lindsay I was supposed to go there were you really yeah I got in and then uh I couldn't afford it. My family yeah. couldn't afford it. And I was like, I'm not taking out student loans. Cause I, I had seen my family go through financial trouble yeah. and I'm like, I am certainly not racking up 60 grand in debt or whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. I, I, I know so many kids that went there in Chicago is where I started mm-hmm. comedy, but I went to school for music business what yeah really so i went to school for arts entertainment and media management with a focus in music business talent management whoa wait so is that your degree yeah oh fantastic i have a contract i need you to look at great i I, like no i just i it was like this subconscious thing where it was like i was never i looked around and the people Mm -hmm. who really wanted to be musicians were willing to work super they wanted to work really hard Mm -hmm. in a way that I didn't want to admit to myself that I didn't want to oh yeah and I really just wanted to be I wanted it to be easy and so I thought if I learned the business side of it I would be able to get in there in a back Mm -hmm. doorway yeah and so we had like a school record label where we like would manage artists Mm-hmm. And I was part of it and it was fun. But then like by the time I graduated, I like put it all, you know, I, I like really we really tried with these bands and it was fun. But then I was like, I don't want this. Yeah. Like, And I was like, OK, I'm going to take guitar lessons and I'm going to try to songwrite and I will give it a go and see mm-hmm. what happens. And I did. And I didn't want to do it and I was like you gotta it's good that you tried though yeah well it's like you gotta you gotta figure out do you you can't fight yourself your whole life yeah you know and I appreciate you not becoming a guitar comic after that thank you so much because I also (laughs) still don't know how to play the guitar and also it's like so much nicer there are random videos Mm -hmm. of me singing on YouTube in college and like I will be looking that yeah, up immediately. God bless. I hope, you know, there's one that is like a songwriting session that's like uh-huh. Nick and I can't, we, it, like, we laugh every time. Um, Amazing. But, so when did you start stand up? I started you were in college still? You no, know, right after I graduated. So I, so I you had, just stuck around Chicago. Yeah, I had done an open mic in college because I remember mm-hmm. there was this guy that I liked and, um, he was an actor and we were like, mm-hmm. oh, fuck, let's do this open mic. Mm-hmm. And everybody bailed. And then I did it. And I felt like I did really well, which, you know, I'm sure I was fucking psychotic and it felt good. And then I didn't feel like I needed to do it again. And then after I think it was like, I don't remember who exactly 
I don't know what exactly spurred it, but I was in the area where like Beth Stelling was working at a coffee mm-hmm. shop at the time and she was going up and we had gone to a couple of stand-up shows and I was like, I guess I'll try this open mic and I tried it with a friend and it was like abysmal and I got, it was so silent. Like I, it was so bad. Nick was there. He can attest. Like, Did you come in with like the confidence of your first set too? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I came in and I was like, I know how to write jokes and like, full silence and my friend was humiliated (laughs) do you remember what your set was about i had a joke about the genie and aladdin and i don't remember exactly what it was but i also had a joke that about um oh nick said this i had a joke where i was like my uh this is so stupid (laughs) this is like such basic uh, where I was like, my pussy's like eight mile. You only get one shot. <laughs> oh, boy. Lindsay, I'm sorry. We're going to have to wrap. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, it was. But I loved Listen, it. I certainly didn't have any better material. I so. mean, it's so hard. It's so like. Yeah. I but I I was like, even though I like ate it, I was so hooked. And Mm -hmm. I was like, I got to try it again. And my friend was like, I'll never do this again. It was the most humiliating experience of my life. And I was like, like, oh, I've been plenty humiliated. Yeah, exactly. So it's fine. I was like, actually, this is my new thing. (laughs) So when did you once you started, were you right away like, oh, this is what I want to do? Um, I think so. Yeah, because I had nothing else going on in my life. Like so. So the end of college I guess I started it. Yeah, I I actually started it, I think, like when I was still in school, like the telltale end of it, Mm -hmm. Um, because my dad got cancer my senior year of college. Mm -hmm. And I know when I went back, when he died, I went back to like, uh, like, and and I I was like told him I was like still doing stand up or something like that. Mm -hmm. Like, I remember having that conversation. And it killed him. It is. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! That's when he passed. That's so funny. That is so funny. Yes, it is. It's so funny you say that because it is what killed him. Um, the sound of my voice is literally deadly. Um, no, it was like right around then. So I was kind of a hot mess, and I didn't have a lot to focus on, mm-hmm. and I was kind of like flailing a bit. And so I needed I needed that. And I got my first day job around the same time that I started going and doing open mics really, really regularly. Mm -hmm. Um, Or maybe like before that I started doing it. And then when I went to my day job, um, yeah, I'd been like I was just super dedicated to I knew that I did not want to work in an office. Mm -hmm. And I saw other comedians having paths that mm-hmm. like finally made sense to me in terms of something that I would feel like I would want oh, for like myself. Beth. Well, cause you were out there like with Beth and the crew. Yeah. It was like the people that were doing comedy at the time, it was like Beth Stelling. Um, I mean, Joe Kilgallen, who's back out there again. Um, uh, Megan Gailey, Lisa Traeger. Um, yeah. Just killers. Yeah. Just like across the board, a bunch of mm-hmm. just crazy talented people. Um, Will Miles, Clark Jones, like Ed, the culture was mm-hmm. so rich. Um, so 
it just felt like I had a place. Yeah. How long then did you stay in Chicago before you moved to L.A.? About three years. Oh, that's a nice chunk of time. Yeah. What made you decide to move to L.A. when, like, you were already familiar with New York? I I know. You know what's funny? I, I wanted to go to NYU when I graduated mm-hmm. college, by the way, which was like... I don't even think my application went through and I would not have gotten in. I got into Temple University, but um, I wanted to live in New York. Overrated. (laughs) Yes, it is. I wanted to, I wanted to, um, I said yes to Chicago without ever having Mm -hmm. been there. Um, Oh, I love that. Yeah. That's awesome. I was just like, yep, great. Get me out of my town. Mm -hmm. I wanted out of like my hometown so badly and New York was too expensive. And I think, to be honest, I was scared. Um, mm-hmm. I was scared that, like, if I failed so close to home. Oh, yeah. That it would be, like, fucked up. And so I was always about getting away. It's also better to go to L.A. because you don't have the safety net of just, like, driving home on the weekends to, like, yeah. seek comfort from your family. If that's a thing you get from them. I said, <laughs> that's not relatable to me. No. <laughs> No, I mean, like, I think I also I was done with the cold weather Mm -hmm. and L.A. seemed magical. And to be fair, it it, does. And then you land at LAX and you're like, nope. Well, yeah. And to be fair, it felt like a different city. I had friends that had Mm -hmm. just moved there and Mm -hmm. we spent our time in like Silver Lake in the hills. And so they made it seem really fun. You're such a mean girl. You were such a mean girl. No, I wasn't. I, I moved out to LA. I immediately was hanging out in the hills. That's no, where I spent all my time. It was no. When I say hanging out in the hills, it was like there's always a gay dude that knows a rich person who has a back always, house. Always. So it was like all gay dudes from Chicago mm-hmm. that had moved out here, who were like, "Oh, here's this incredible mansion mm-hmm. that I live behind," and you're like, "What?" is this arrangement <laughs> like <laughs> it's so it is so bizarre yeah so bizarre they, they so it's like you hang out with a bunch of like fun gay guys who are mm-hmm. taking you around in their cool car and making life seem beautiful then yeah. it's like going to Akbar. you know it's like yeah everything feels fun and then you move yeah. there and you're like i'm living in garbage <laughs> Wait, so you moved out to L.A. specifically for comedy then? Yeah, and just to get out of Chicago. I never really felt, I loved Chicago, but I really never felt connected to it. I really don't like being yeah. landlocked. Yeah, it's not um, not a fun feeling. It feels weird. It yeah, feels isolating. It does, and I'm a little too intense for Midwest people. So it was like always, <laughs> I always got like, it was I, I had trouble connecting sometimes sure. with people. Sure. Did you love it right away when you moved out then? I mean, it sounds Chicago. like you did. Yeah, because I was it's like. L.A. Oh, L.A. Oh, oh yeah, either. <sighs> did I love it? Well, Nick had never been, so I made him move out with me without. So you were already dating. Did you guys meet in Chicago? Yeah, we met in in college. Oh, wow. Wait, this is it for everyone listening. Her husband. Oh, yeah. Nick. This is my husband. Cutest Nick. couple. Thank you. Yeah, we met in college and he wanted out of Chicago too in warm weather uh-huh. and his sister was in Oakland and I was mm-hmm. like, LA for comedy, let's just do it. And we spent all of our money. We were, com- we had like no furniture, nothing. And you had to sell your Chanel ring. I had to sell my fake Chanel ring and I was like, <laughs> this is worth so much money. Um, <laughs> I loved new. I loved the new. 
Mm -hmm. But I don't think I loved L.A. I loved things about it. Yeah. But I it's like very um, I mean, you know, it's it's not an incredibly welcoming place or, you know, it's it's welcoming in a way where you don't realize you need to be guarded. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because people are like it. It's weird because people present as friendly here and then they're just so cutthroat and backstabby. And I don't mean everyone. There's great people. Sure. But you you know what my tell is, by the way, for anyone listening, when you're in L.A., if you hang out with somebody one time and then after that time they text you and they say, I miss you, fucking run away. That no. is the biggest red flag. Somebody that's like, oh, my God, I miss you. And you're like, I've spent six minutes with you, you fucking psycho. That it's it's not a compliment. Yeah. You're not that charming. They're a scary person. Run away. hundred <laughs> percent. And I spent I I like the, also some of the friendliest people are the the most batshit. Like you like you're saying, like, like with the, I miss you like you. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it's like go with your gut. Just because someone's being nice to you and you need that, it does not mean that you need to, like, go back to their house. Like, I would meet (laughs) people. That's how Charles Manson happens. Right. I would meet people (laughs) who would be like, and and in retrospect, they were like a networky person who was collecting Mm -hmm. people. There's like people collectors. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they were just like, oh, you're new to town. Okay, cool. Come on. Like, let me evaluate the situation. I would be like, I met this Mm -hmm. cool house. And it's like, no, you don't need to be there because they don't Yeah, they're seeing if you come from money. They're seeing if you have connects. Yeah. Yeah, They're trying to find out stuff about you. They're telling you how great you are. Everybody in L.A. seems so nice. Mm -hmm. And then, like, they forgot who you were. Yeah. Immediately, and then and then you run into them at a comedy show, and they're like, "Who are you?" And you're like, "I've spent hours of my life with you." It's so it's so (laughs) um, it's like so much more hurtful than like Uh in New York. I think comics are cool, but they're also like they don't know you. They're just like, "Hey, how are you?" Okay, great. Moving on. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody's like, "Welcome to New York. What do you need?" And L.A. people are like, "Welcome to L.A. What can I do for you?" And then you're like, yeah. "Um, well, I really." And it's like, "Actually, no. Never mind. Sorry. Bye. I forgot who you were." <laughs> the no, I could listen. I could complain about that all day. I yeah. won't. You guys, if you want to Venmo me, I'll send you my complaints. Yeah, uh, please do Curry. that. And then <laughs> I can request complaints. <laughs> I uh, I would love I would love for you guys to Venmo Lisa for the complaints, please. <laughs> yes. Wait. So I don't want to take away. You were so funny, and I don't want to take away from Stop. your stand up. But you're also an incredibly talented baker. That's and so nice. You have. I mean, anyone that's in LA knows, uh, and beyond, but definitely in LA knows you have a live funny baking show and it is listen i've yet to be at a live one i'm sorry it hasn't worked out with my schedule i mean but i've seen the clips and it is fucking hilarious it is hilarious you were so funny and like when did you were you always baking yeah you know what's weird i mean so i cut my mom was food restrictive growing up so Mm -hmm. she was um she was i think what they call it uh orthorexic um, what the hell is that? It's a it's a new kid term. It's called uh, YouTube. No, um, <laughs> it's like an obsession with health foods. 
So oh, like okay. everything has to be like, like what are the ingredients? Are they organic? Mm-hmm. Are they natural? Is there artificial colors or flavors? So sure. like that was the kind of house that I grew up in. And so I always felt like I didn't get to eat like the fun stuff. Yeah. And so I started baking. I started baking. I got fired from my day job. Um, which was? I, which was doing recruiting working in an office I got fired uh-huh. the timeline is like I really started baking because I was getting stressed out about comedy in Chicago and mm-hmm. I I want I loved baking stuff for people and making them feel good and mm-hmm. then I got fired from my day job for rolling my eyes and call, <laughs> and, and calling my and calling my boss a nightmare of a human being I mean, at least you didn't get body slammed. Um, no, I mean, at least look. he didn't. Yeah. <laughs> um, but and so I just started baking and I was like, this is mm-hmm. really fun. Like I can just like do I was like bad at it. It was fun to be like to try things and have them not work mm-hmm. and to just try different combinations. And I was obsessed with like. When pastries and baked goods are really good, like when dessert is really good, it's such a fucking mm-hmm. great experience. You made a chocolate cake for somebody's birthday one year. I can't. I want to. Clark? No, it wasn't Jamie Lee. Maybe Clark. And it was at that bar in Atwater. Yes. It was like this. Ch- I can like if I think hard enough, I can still taste it and enjoy it. Like that's how good it it was the best chocolate cake I've ever had in my life. That's and so I can't nice. I can't forget it. It's so it was so good. That makes me uh, so happy. <laughs> that makes you so I, happy. I loved it so much. Um where so wait, when did you realize into comedy? First of all, how did you come up with a comedy baking show? Yeah, because it is like if if somebody was like, oh, it's a funny baking show, I'd be like, yeah, I don't know, I've seen the British Bake Off, it's fun. it's dumb. Yeah, but it's like you're genuinely really funny, and I think the Thank the you. moments where you're like, whatever, I forgot a fucking whisk, fuck yeah. it, or or whatever it is, you yeah. know, it's so funny. Thank you. Yeah, I um. Fuck, like, I mean, years ago, I started, I I got this idea to stream on Twitch before, Mm -hmm. and I was like, I'm getting in at the ground level. And look, if I had stayed there, I would be in a big house, but um, (laughs) I didn't have the patience. So I was like, oh, you can stream stuff on Twitch. And I was like, why don't I live stream my baking? Because I bake Mm -hmm. all the time. And mm-hmm. so it just turned into this thing where I would do hours of live streaming baking. And mm-hmm. I then I started having guests over to do it with me. And it started being like, you know, the funny part is when I was editing the clips from Twitch. So mm-hmm. I would see what worked and what didn't work. And the funny part was when it was like genuine frustration over something not working, but being like, yeah. fuck it. And like, I it always irritated me that baking shows are so wholesome and try to be so cutesy. Yeah. And like, we love it. We love British Bake Off has a place. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's also like it feels really one note. And it's like it it also feels not to not to extrapolate too much from it, but it feels kind of like 
well, this is what women are. They're cutesy and they're gentle and they like to bake. And it's like, right. no, some of us are full-blown psychos, but we still know how to make a meal. A hundred percent. Like baking for me is my therapy. So mm-hmm. like it feels like therapy to me. So it's like mm-hmm. how I de-stress. So you're getting an inside window to how I de-stress, not how I want to impress you. I'm impressing yeah. myself. Yeah. And that's like what as home bakers, like that's what we do. Like when you're alone and you're making cookies in your kitchen, you're not like it's you're meditative. like Yeah, and you're doing it because you want it to look good. Nobody gives a yeah. shit. Not a and then the person. fun part at the end is like if you fuck it up, it's sugar. Yeah, it's like are, it truly doesn't matter. Literally doesn't matter at all. And you still accomplish something. I realized also later on, I love makeover shows. I mean, they're mm-hmm. toxic, but yeah, baking is essentially a makeover show. Yeah, that's a that's an interesting way to see it. So it's like we love a transformation. We mm-hmm. love a we love a before and after. Like this is like it gets us excited. And so yeah, it's cool to be like, look at this fucking thing, especially if you I would pick stuff that like I had never baked before. And I and I still love doing this like something that I was like there's no way I could accomplish this. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, all right, let's try it. And then if I failed, it was so freeing to just be like, yeah, okay, there's no stakes. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> yeah, you just throw it away. Yeah. I mean, so who cares? I was so emotional. And it, so I kind of, the, with the baking show, I was like, I the first one I did was like about my middle school enemy and like making a cupcake <laughs> based off of her. And like... The, Incredible. the core of it is processing is processing things mentally through baking. Like sure. it, it's like the core of it is like that's that's like what we're doing. We're processing stuff that is funny and like essentially like a stand up set in certain ways. But we're processing it by baking and we're doing it together and it's so it's kind of turned into like a um, like a late night talk show with, a you know, with baking. But it's like run by a psychotic baker like Jimmy Fallon's <laughs> a personality because he's a comedian uh, and mm-hmm. everybody lets him do his silly songs and shit. So it's like he does need to have you on the show. I mean, I would love so my my mom said it. My mom said it. Um, <laughs> No, it's like that's it's, you know, I'm I'm the I'm the comedian baker. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, my talk show is baking centric with comedy Mm -hmm. so I can do my stupid little baking thing and having inviting people into it and sharing experiences. That's now that sounds uh, we're back to the sweet. (laughs) I know. Well, it's ultimately about making people. I love like I like making people feel stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's all of comedy is manipulating people's feelings. Exactly. And maybe not manipulating in a bad way unless, you know, some people are. Mm. And that's me. Are you uh, talking about grooming? <laughs> mm-hmm. So what uh, I am and I am grooming young men yes. oh, over 18. Um, but I do have a couple of shows this weekend. If uh, actually this is going to air next week. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> when we'll, into we'll comedy, follow up with how those shows went. Yeah, perfect. So when into comedy were you like, oh, this is it. This is what I'm doing for the rest of my life. Like comedy in general? 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's the truth. Um, I did not plan to be 35. And I don't think uh, anyone plans to be 35. Yeah, I didn't plan to be 35 (laughs) in general. Mm -hmm. I definitely thought that I would pop sooner. And Mm -hmm. I'm not afraid Um, to say that. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I definitely, I mean, like, it's not, I wasn't like, I'm going to do this forever. I loved it and I could do it forever. I did not imagine having to fight to do it forever this long Mm -hmm. because it is you do have to fight for it you do have to work for it what I imagined and stupid me but what I imagined was I would see people around me getting plucked and they Mm -hmm. were all working very hard but this is also a um this is also an industry of luck yeah it's it's interesting because I feel like we all know that I hope we all know that we don't all know that but but some people will just have a chance thing that happens. Mm-hmm. I was on a lineup a couple of years ago and this still kind of kills me. And I did, I did so well. Yeah. I, did so, I mean, it was such a good set. We're one of those where you like feel high afterwards. Yeah. And I, I had two applause breaks and like a 12 minute set. I was yeah. like, this is crazy. And I get off stage and as the next comic is going up, Nick Kroll walks into the room they have a great set. And Nick Kroll's like, oh my God, you're so funny. I want to work with you. And I was like, I'm going to put a gun in my mouth. Yeah. And this person is like, they're they're great. They're also not a headliner. And they've, they're have they like way, way, way less into comedy than I. Like they're so much newer than me. And I'm like, I... But in some people that something like that will happen to and they're like, this happened because I'm the greatest comedian that's ever lived. And it's like or somebody just happened to walk in the room and catch a joke they loved. And then they were like, oh, great. Yeah. Let's work together. And that doesn't take away. And that's happened to me. Totally. And that doesn't (laughs) take away from like people working hard. Like I think that Mm -hmm. we're so protective and artists are like this in general. We're so protective over the idea that like I think there's this mentality that we don't think we work hard enough. Mm -hmm. So we assume we constantly feel like we need to prove it to other artists that we work hard Mm -hmm. we don't think we deserve it so we're constantly like hey here's why i deserve it and so the idea of admitting that you can deserve it and not get it and that that's actually a huge part of this business yeah is upsetting yeah it's daunting (laughs) because that shit that happened to you that happens all the time that's happened a Mm -hmm. bajillion times most of the people that i know that have like popped um have had a, a like a circumstance at least once that led to it where it was mm-hmm. like someone walked in a room someone it just clicked with someone sometimes it's like mm-hmm. you know and it is about your talent too to a certain degree because sometimes somebody in the right position sees you they think you're cool they like you and they just want to work with you and they just decide yeah. that they're gonna do that yeah and there's also like the i mean I've gotten no not to I'm not trying to make this about me but there's also like people that are (laughs) well here we go uh there's also people that are I guess behind the scenes getting really close to things but it turns out you know the producer that was about to green light their thing left for another company and now they have no power at that new company or they're that person is kind of a flake or and it's like fuck there's so much that is Mm -hmm. out of your control and and it's like 
I've started, <laughs> which I recommend to everyone. Anytime I get super close to a like a big job, I just let people know. I'm like, oh, I almost got such and such job. Yeah. Because I'm like, I can't stay. I it it fucking eats me alive to get so close to something and then not get it. And then your peers think like, oh, they're not Lisa's not doing anything. Sure. She's not going anywhere. And I'm like, I've been within two inches of so many jobs in this city, you know? No, it's like... And I'm like, I'm counting that. Those are credits. Fuck you. (laughs) No, and you should because, like, it's like actors will always be like, auditioning Mm -hmm. is the job. And it's like... Mm that's awful and it's like if you're if you're just if you're an actor and nothing else god bless um Hmm. you work hard to be as boring as you are um (laughs) you work so hard to be a loser you guys work so hard to be the perfect vessel of emptiness um (laughs) and that is why we love you um, it's so cool you have nothing to say. Yeah. That's original. I think one of my favorite things is when an actor <laughs> writes a book about how they were different people their whole life. No, uh, about how they, <laughs> they learned how to be different people. Um, mm-hmm. No, I, I mean, part of being a comedian is like, I mean, it's just part of the job is not getting yeah. stuff. And it's. I feel like 90% of it is emailing. That's mm. it. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Were you growing up, were your parents supportive of or what? Like not growing up, I guess. Uh, well, you're still growing up. Um, <laughs> that's just a judgment. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, it is um, a judgment. You're, when you got into comedy, were your parents supportive or were, th- were they like, what the fuck did you do with that degree? No, they were supportive. Um, that's they were, really sweet. Yeah. I mean, my dad was dying, so he didn't really have a choice. But like... <laughs> You were killing him. I was literally, he was like, I didn't want to tell you this, but you actually caused my cancer. Um, <laughs> and I was like, damn, I mean, this is some You're fire like, that's jokes. A, that's powerful comedy. <laughs> exactly. I was like, damn, I really like made people feel stuff. Um, like a tumor. Literally killed. Uh, <laughs> um, no, they were really supportive because I never followed the rules um, mm-hmm. like I, I was so wild when I was younger and I, when I was mm-hmm. like a teenager that they were, they just wanted me to do something that I could commit to and be happy with. Mm-hmm. And as long as I was paying my own bills, they were like, okay, yeah, figure it out. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. They're like, just stay out of our hair. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you really couldn't say anything cause I was paying my own bills. I was, you know doing everything that I was quote unquote supposed to be doing at this day job. And then when I got fired, I got Mm -hmm. unemployment. So it was still fine, you know, but they were supportive. It just, um, I mean, it wasn't like a comedy family. Like nobody was like stand up comedy. And I don't think anybody's ever, I don't think my mom will ever be someone that is like, like is like oh she had a set that was so funny this was hilarious I don't think she Mm -hmm. will say that about anyone I don't think she's ever said that maybe about Jeff Dunham she loves puppets um (laughs) (laughs) specifically racist puppets yeah no exactly she's like those puppets though (laughs) um she's just not she's proud of me I think she's Mm -hmm. also proud of me from like a boomer perspective of like what did we do with the world i'm Mm -hmm. glad you're making the best of it 
Yeah, they need to fix that right now. I mean, the only way they can fix it is by dying. And unfortunately, I love my mom a lot. My dad already yeah. did his civic duty, but... <laughs> <laughs> Your dad is such a patriot. <laughs> my dad is actually a patriot. He died for the millennials. His own sins, yeah. <laughs> exactly. He died so millennials could thrive. I love it. Um, I have one last question for yeah. you. So I can... Uh, let you get back to baking. I haven't asked um, you about anything yeah. about you and I'm a bad podcast guest. Oh my god no not at all it's about you I'm I talk about me plenty on this 100 episodes in or whatever I am um same I'm talking stories a lot. yeah yeah <laughs> same gripes all the way through uh if your childhood self like eight-year-old Lindsay could meet you as an adult what do you think she would think Wow, I love this question. Lisa, Yeah, this is so funny too, because last night I was just thinking about how when people are like, what would you say to your younger self? And mine would mm-hmm. have been like, don't use a telephone cord. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I would have been like, stick to the classics. Don't reinvent the wheel. Um, <laughs> it's going to be embarrassing. Um, yeah. <laughs> I do think eight-year-old me would be would think I was cool. I mean, I think eight-year-old me would think I have a cool life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Thanks. And I think she'd be like, oh, I'm hot. It's fine. <laughs> this bowl cut's going to grow out. Yeah, exactly. I'll send you the bowl cut picture. It's so funny. I had like a little hair wrap, too, that was like longer than the rest of my hair. No, um, stop it. You too, did not. It's too much. You did not. No, I think I think she would be. I think like eight year old would be. She'd be like, I can't. I literally can't believe you're alive. Like you being alive is wild enough. Oh, that's really, that's really sad and sweet. <laughs> I know, but no, that's a sweet question. What would you? What would what? What would you say your eight year old self say to you? Oh God, I don't. I feel like somebody asked me this before, and my answer will never be the same because I don't. I change my mind from day to day. Yeah, I think my eight year old self would be like, "Why aren't you?" painting and drawing more what happened to that that's and right because you paint be and like, draw yeah i think she'd be like which i'm i'm getting more into now Good. uh again and i'm i'm starting to do pieces to sell again yeah because you showed nice. me some of your stuff and it's fucking mm-hmm. great dude oh thank you thank you i think she'd wonder why the fuck i don't own a boat mm. and why i'm not on the water all the time but i i also think she'd be like you know who <laughs> like i think yeah. she'd be like like judge follows you on twitter <laughs> or like maybe that would be like teenage me um that was just a brag guys uh <laughs> no, i love it i would i mean hey i would be I, my eight-year-old self would be like damn all your friends are famous that's so cool and i'd be yeah. like yeah and they'd be like why aren't you famous <laughs> Eight-year-old me would definitely, if you, uh, uh, for anyone listening, I have behind me a second place Polish princess trophy oh that I won when I was like God. five. And I think eight-year-old me would be like, yeah, we're still proud of that. Yes. <laughs> As you should be. I My roommates make fun of me because I have four, I have trophies up. For, and I'm like, what am I going to do? I'm just going to keep them in a box? They're fun. Yeah. It's a little crown. It's gold. Live a little. I don't have an Emmy, okay? Um, if somebody wants to give me one, I'll take it. But in the meantime, I'm going to have all my trophies up. Yeah. Fuck you. Fuck you. That's so funny. <laughs> um, I support that wholeheartedly. What well, would teenage you. you say to yourself? 
Oh, that's a really intense one. Teenage me was not having a good time. I think teenage me would be like, thank fucking God you got out. Like they teenage me would be like, oh, my God, you learned how to comb your hair. I can't believe it. Um, And they'd be like, you finally had sex. Wow. Uh, That's crazy. It would be your teenage. You would be like, I cannot believe I am literally still hot. Like (laughs) (laughs) still Lindsay, I'm gonna have to show you some photos of me. I I actually have one school photo that I've I've I can't bring myself to post publicly, and I showed my roommates because I was like, I guarantee you, I was the ugliest child of all time, and I showed them, and each of them separately, without having seen the other one's reaction, recoiled and goes, Oh God, yeah, you got really bad. You gotta post it. You got. I have like I have pictures with like my like truly the most heinous it's so funny though it's so funny because it's Mm -hmm. everybody everybody looks like a troll at some point you know what and the kids that were hot that were hot kids yeah they're not good looking now yeah because riding that wave of being hot in high school well here's the here's the other thing and i know we have to end but i this is also the phenomenon of of los angeles and the entertainment industry which is Mm -hmm. that money makes people think you're hot because you come from this privilege where you can afford to take care of yourself Well, and not even that but like i remember the rich girls i grew up around that were blonde were like Mm -hmm. beastly like but they just happened to be teeny tiny skinny and wear Mm -hmm. cool clothes and so they Mm -hmm. thought they were hot so they acted hot and so everyone was like i'm kidding i know everyone was like she's hot and then in retrospect Mm -hmm. i'm like i literally wished i had this girl's nose that i like no one would ever pay for like i like like i was like this girl is so beautiful and i'm being like a heinous bitch sure but it's like there is you can decide if you pretend you're rich you can decide you're hot and then people will think you're hot they'll believe you yeah there was a girl in my first grade class, Emily Booth. She she moved after first grade, I think. Um, and she had like, my hair is w- wavy naturally. I didn't realize this as a kid. I would like brush it when it was dry, which turns it into an afro. Oh, it's a fun, hell it's yeah. And my, so Emily had like that really pretty straight, smooth blonde hair that kind of curled under at the end. Oh. Like, like, uh. Is it Anna Chumsky, Klumsky, however you say it, from My Girl? Yeah. She looked like her in My Girl. And I wanted her hair so bad. And then my mom cut my hair into like a super close mullety looking thing. Because I was like, oh, I want her hair. And my my, mo- my mom cut it into like a boy's haircut. Okay. And I cried and cried and cried. And then a couple of years ago, mind you, I think Emily Booth came to one of my birthday parties like like first graders do everybody goes to everybody's sure. birthday we didn't stay in touch i tracked her down and found her on instagram a few years ago and messaged her that story and she was like oh <laughs> and i was like i just have to let you know like your hair ruined my life and she's like okay <laughs> god it's like when we think that these like messages are gonna go well you know we really it's like i don't know how we thought it was gonna go one time I'm, i messaged I someone i'm for that, sure the weirdo that does this all the time mm-hmm. do you are you oh, oh, I, always I, you know always. i used to be and then i just made some mistakes i sometimes i, I don't know i say shit sometimes that is just i don't even realize i don't even want it to be 
offensive, but it is. Mm -hmm. We just didn't know enough back in the day. I, you know what? Back in the day, I'm still doing fucking stupid shit as an adult and saying horrible things to people where I'm like, whoops, I didn't. Yeah, I was like, oh, now that you lay that out, that definitely sounds not nice. But when I said it, Mm -hmm. my intention was to be not nice. No, I'm just kidding. One time, an older comic, we were talking and he complimented one female comedian and he's like, yeah, she just opened for me. She's a killer, blah, blah, blah. I mixed her up with another similarly looking comedian. So the second comedian, the similarly looking one, I messaged her and I was like, hey, I want to let you know so-and-so thinks you're really funny, blah, blah, blah. And they were like, oh, that's awesome. Like, I didn't know they knew of me. I then realized the mistake, go back to them, Lindsay. And I'm like, oh, whoops. I actually, I'm so sorry. I got you mixed up with somebody else. And they were like, why did you tell and like miraculously I'm friends with them now and I'm like every day every time I see them I'm like I hope they forgot that I said that but there's like a less than zero chance that they forgot that that's like I understand that though like I understand because like I'm I like Like, to be hey so and so didn't actually compliment you I know but then you also saved them the trouble because then if they had run into that person. This is true. Yeah. They, it, you know what? Actually, I'm an angel. Yeah. Because they could have potentially mm-hmm. felt like a fool. And I think one yeah. of the nicest things a friend can do is help prevent you from looking like a fool. Perfect. Um, well, on that, I'm going to I'm going to let you go. Okay. <laughs> Don't make people look foolish, everyone. Um, it was so good talking to you. Yeah, I love you so much. Thank you for I having me. I love you me. so much. Of course. Thanks for being on. Um, oh, and I'm going to, listen, I'll say this again in just a second, but everybody, please go see Lindsay run her hour at the Glendale Room in Los Angeles on November 15th. She's so fucking funny. Thank Tickets you. are available on her site. So get them. Don't be Yay. stupid. Get them right now. Good. Stop listening to this and get the tickets get right the now. Get the tickets. <laughs> okay. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. Once again, that was Lindsay Adams. You can find her on TikTok and Instagram at Lindsay Adams is popular. And that's Lindsay with an A-Y. And of course, catch her at the Glendale Room on November 15th in Los Angeles. She is hilarious. You're going to want to get tickets right now. They're available on her website. And of course, I am Lisa Curry. You can find me on TikTok, Instagram, and Venmo at Olympian Lisa Curry. I'm in a level with you guys right now. Doing this podcast is a ton of work. The scheduling, the booking, the producing, the editing, it's uh, a lot. And I don't have a Patreon and I don't run ads. So if you want to throw me a little bit of cash for doing all this work, I would really appreciate it. Uh, My Venmo, again, is Olympian Lisa Curry. Also, if you are in Boston, Vail, Denver, comedy, (laughs) comedy, I'm reading the wrong part of my notes here, uh, Fort Collins, Colorado, I will be headlining all over in December. December 2nd and 3rd, I'm at Off Cabot in Boston. It's a new venue. I'm so stoked to see it and perform there. December 15th, I am headlining the Vail Comedy Show in Vail, Colorado. Very fancy. I've never been. I'm very stoked for that. Tickets are now available on their website at vailcomedyshow.com. And December 16th and 17th, I'm headlining the Comedy Fort in Fort Collins, Colorado. Look, it's an hour from Denver, so if you are in Denver proper, come out. I have a completely different hour. Well... 
mostly different hour from when I headlined in uh, Denver last year. So uh, come check that out. It's going to be a great time. Uh, Again, I've got new merch, new bits. You're going to love it. I'm going to love it. I'll be right back here next Thursday. See you then. Bye.